Welcome to the Guernsey Press Politics Podcast. I'm Simon Delarue and today I had an opportunity to sit down with the Chief Minister, Deputy Peter Fairbrush, for half an hour to discuss next week's tax review debate. Now, I must apologise in advance for the audio quality on this recording. We had a little problem today with our recording equipment, or more likely perhaps the phone of mine that I plugged it into. Um, But uh, Deputy Fairbrush and I quickly agreed that rather than rehearse the arguments behind his Policy and Resources Committee's policy letter, which has been uh, discussed many times, we should get straight down to discussing the alternatives being espoused by Deputies Charles Parkinson and Heidi Soulsby and their supporters. Well, let's deal with the Deputy Parks of Wall first, because that's been in play a bit longer. Uh, we were given a sight of that, not the last Wednesday, the Wednesday before, asked to go back in a couple of days by sort of close of play on Friday, uh, so that'd be 10 days ago, 12 days ago, uh, with no prior consultation. But never mind, you know, we, we, to use that hackneyed phrase, we are where we are. It's a territorial tax proposal, as we have seen. Uh, and the advice that we have had is that it would be dangerous for Guernsey, it would create uncertainty, and it really wouldn't do any, uh, it wouldn't do our finance sector any favours at all. In fact, that's an understatement, it would be adverse to them, because uh, it's just not put through. Very engaging, Deputy Farkinson's a very able orator, uh, he's a man of experience, he's been in the corporate field for 30, 40 years, whatever it may be, a long time anyway. Uh, but it's just not something that would uh, uh, that would help our finance sector. In fact, as I've already said, it would be adverse to it. So that's the assessment of the state's treasurer, is it, or is that from uh, legal advice? We've spoken to. We've spoken to. Uh, it's our own assessment plus uh, the advice we've had internally plus uh, consultations we've had externally. So just to be clear, all three of those sources of information have said that the this is thing. potentially uh, uncertain and uh, destabilising. Indeed, unequivocally, um, unreservedly. Can you, can you uh, just give me a pricey of in what way the, the well, it is? Because uh, the position in relation to territorial tax is that what Deputy Parkinson is proposing will almost certainly interfere with the normal code of conduct, you know, for, 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 for uh, tax centres and for regimes, because it seeks to go back to the, to the territorial uh, aspect that was found unacceptable in 2007 and 2008, which meant that's why we had to give up the taxation of different entities in different ways. Now, he said, and I had a chat last night, that 30 or so of the jurisdiction stroke countries in the OECD have territorial tax. Some of them do in part, some of them do in large part. Not the kind of uh, jurisdictions that we regularly uh, have to compete with. They don't have that kind of uh, proposal, and it wouldn't be, uh, it wouldn't be uh, acceptable uh, to us to just bring it in the way, in the way that Deputy Parkinson is seeking to bring it in. And uh, moving on then to the uh, proposals put forward by Deputy Soulsby, seconded by Deputy St. Pierre, um, your response to those? Well, I think it's a mismatch. Most of the things they proposed, there's two preliminaries. Proposal two says two investigatory committees, one to do with the structure of government, the size of government, and one to look at the corporate structure, and to report back no later than June 2025. That's the time when the next election is due in two and a half years' time. And then there's, if that's approved, then you look at all these various others, I think three to 20 or whatever. And quite a lot of those things listed in three to 20 we're doing anyway. But they're all presupposed that uh, Proposition 2 in, Proposition 1 is a sort of a generalism thing, Proposition 2A and 2B are the two that uh, 
say we should have investigatory committees and set up a report by uh, June 2025. But the first thing I'd say again is that I've made it clear over the past, all the time that we've been looking at a tax review, uh, which is all the time that I've been president of PNR, the last two years of it, that our doors are open, of course we've got a view, but it's not a, you know, it's not a view that is written in stone, we want to cooperate with people, they've got access to information, etc., etc. Now, I understand you, I don't mean you personally, Simon, it may be you personally, but the, the, there was a, a press conference sometime over the weekend, uh, which we only found out about on Monday morning, which was in the paper, there been a press conference. Uh, the first that I knew about it, and I believe every other states member who was not party to it, there were clearly some people who were party to it, seems to me it's almost a reformation of the Guernsey Party of Independence. They've, got, they've decided, like uh, a Phoenix, you know, to rise from the ashes, really. Uh, it is just after quarter to five Friday after, uh, sorry, just after quarter to five Sunday afternoon. Didn't know anything about it before. But again, as I've said, just said in relation to Deputy Parkinson's uh, amendment, we are where we are. We've got to deal with it. We are considering it. The, but again, it puts off, it delays things. First thing is it talks about, I think 2A is uh, a body, an uh, investigatory committee to look at the uh, size of government. We've already had debates on that. We, the states, in uh, January 2020, there was a policy letter led by uh, Deputy Pierre when he was president of PNR. We have what we've now termed the first phase of the tax review, because uh, which we debated in uh, September, October 2021, where the reaffirmation was made that we, we, the states of Guernsey, would limit the size of our tax spend, our tax, so that's therefore the size of government, uh, to no more than 24% of GDP. We've already made that decision. So I don't know why we need another two years and five months to remake that decision. And whether we spend the money on hospitals or schools or, uh, you know, waste plants or whatever, that's a decision which must be made on a policy-by-policy policy basis by the states. Because we don't have executive government. You know, I, Peter Fairbrush is president of PNR, president of the senior committee. We've got a role, we've got a mandate. But education is decided by the states of Guernsey, and the, the manifestation and the implementation of that policy is for education, same with health, same with the environment, etc., etc. You know, if I thought Mr. Bloggs or Ms. Smith was doing a terrible job as president of this committee or that committee, I can't sack them. It's only the states that can sack them. They have to be a motion of no confidence, and that's A, rare, and B, cumbersome, and C, uh, destabilising. You'd only do that in the most extreme of circumstances. And review of the corporate structure, we've done that. I go back to the January 2020 debate. I go back to the uh, July, sorry, the uh, September, October 2021 debate. Uh, and also, what we did, uh, when we had the, the, the result of the 2021 debate, was that we said we'd go back by July of last year because people were concerned and wanted us to look more into the corporate structure, what we could get from the corporate structure, how should it look. Now, that took us a bit longer than we anticipated, hence the debate in January rather than July, because we asked Ernst & Young, who were you know, one of the foremost leaders in this field, to have a root and branch look at what we could genuinely, safely get extra revenue from the corporate sector. And if they'd have come back and said you could safely get 100 million or 80 million or 150 million, we'd have said, yes, please. They came back in a report which was published to states members on about, I think, the 22nd of September of last year, which said, and it's in four bits, but everybody's got a copy of it, that the maximum extra revenue, because corporates already pay revenue, they pay income tax, we call it income tax in Guernsey, call it corporation tax in other places. It's the same thing, tax on their profits. In Guernsey, at a rate of about £60 million a year, plus another sort of £10 million on top of that with distributions, etc. So, uh, and they came back and said £20 million. And they said, 
Uh, that's not in, in itself without risks. It was 29 million, less 9 million as an offset, so net 20, 20 million. Now, what is a review of two years, five months going to, going to, going to achieve? There's no magic in the world. There's nothing different that's going to happen. Uh, it's just a delay. I'm also concerned. I'm also concerned. It says no later than June 25. Now, my experience as a politician, I'm not looking at the Salisbury Amendment or anything else, is if you say no later than, it's very rarely it's earlier than. You know, that's just the practicality of it. So we've been looking at a uh, review which would come about spot on the time of the next election, which means that the people proposing it are not casting any aspersions upon their integrity. We ought to say, well, you know, we, we were against this and we were against that. They'd better go into an election without any responsibility for their decisions over the last two and a half years. So, if the states were minded to approve that, and I very much hope they don't, if they were minded to approve it, I'd be saying that should be no later than June 24, you know, a year before the election. So, we know what's published and we've got a chance to debate it. One of the concerns expressed by Deputy Parkinson and by Deputy Salisbury is about the, the uh, burden faced by householders and individuals as against the corporate sector, especially yeah. since the adoption of Zero Ten. You've mentioned there the, uh, I believe, £72 million pounds, um, from um, corporate income tax and distributions. That, that's 6.4 times, uh, you have to multiply that by 6.4 before you get the amount paid by households in terms of income tax and yeah. social security contributions. Yeah. Um, is the Ernst & Young assessment you, you've just quoted uh, really the, the most we can hope as an island to get from the corporate sector as a contribution to what it costs to run the island? At the moment, yes, that's the advice we've received. Nothing's forever, uh, you know, uh, because one of the things that's being said is, well, look, uh, there is the uh, review of Pillar 1 to Pillar 2, you know, the, the one thing. Those are for massive organisations, as you know, with turnovers running into hundreds of millions of euros. That's important, but that isn't a reason for the delay. We know this is the way that that's going. Uh, we know that the, the level that's, that's likely uh, to be uh, 15%, you've seen that. But A, that's only going to apply to part of the financial sector. And B, uh, it's not going to take us to where we want to be anyway. So there's no point putting off a decision on something that is uh, only going to have a marginal effect and also that we know, you know, you can't be 100% sure, but you can be more sure than not that that's going to be. If we could, you know, if we could say uh, and put a lot more burden on the corporate sector uh, and take it away from the ordinary householder, who wouldn't sign up to that? It's not a matter of protecting them. Uh, it's a matter of achieving what's best for the island. I've got no desire to protect the corporate sector at all in that sense. You know, the desire is to make sure we've got enough money uh, to pay our bills and to invest in our infrastructure. Um, in, in a desire to ensure that we remain competitive, uh, is, is there a danger that we sort of overstretch and we become too generous? So, for example, the, the, um, any high net worth individual coming to the island can have their tax capped at £50,000 for for, per year for the first four years that they're here. Well, yeah, look, I think we've got to review that. I don't be suggesting we don't have that under, I don't mean daily review, you don't believe it, but, mm. but, but, but review, so that we are competitive. Uh, so there's no point us saying, I've used that figure, that we raise it and they've got to pay a bit of a, I'm just making this big up for example, I don't want to throw in the pictures, I'm not saying it's even in contemplation, £500,000 a year. Uh, you know, not saying that, and then Jersey says, oh, all right about it, I don't know, that's all right, we'll keep with our levels of uh, uh, tax take from you. Now those people have got no loyalty, I don't mean any, anything discursive to them, because I'm very pleased that they come here, and most that come here love Guernsey, because it's a great place to live. But, uh, They've got no loyalty to the island in the sense that, uh, 
you know, a, a fur brush or a, a Delarue or a, a, a page might have. Uh, and I don't mean anything wrong with that because I value their contributions. I wish they're here. We've got great examples of people who've come and put their roots down in Guernsey, uh, become full members of our community and invested lots of money in the island. Yeah, going back to the, uh, the, the two amendments, yeah. I think that, as I say, they're quite substantial, and I mean that in the sense that they yeah, seek yeah, to with, withdraw a lot of your proposals and replace them with their own. Yeah. Um, are they, in your view and in the view of your committee, irredeemable, by which I mean, is it feasible that if one or other is adopted, that you could then seek to bring your own amendments such that it would be palatable enough for you to want to back it? Well, I don't think so with Deputy Parkinson's. Uh, but I don't want to give too much credence to Deputy uh, Salisbury and say, yes, we could. We're a democracy. If Deputy Salisbury's amendment is passed, uh, you know, the, the, the Assembly accepted, of course, we've got to work with it. That's a democracy. We don't think it would be the best interests of Guernsey, but you're not going to throw your toys out the pram and say, oh, this is terrible. So we would contemplate, but I can't give you the detail yet, not because I'm being... Uh, uh, secretive anyway but we're still you know we're still working we only we're having this conversation on the tuesday we received it sunday afternoon we have discussed it already we're having further discussions later in the week uh, and we will consider our position further in relation to that but it'd be like there would be some amendments to it you're right and then that would be for the states to decide whether they accepted those or not um again a theme that's building um in terms of uh, uh criticisms of the policy letter is um, about you know, trusting of the figures. Are you happy with the way that uh, Guernsey's accounts are prepared and presented? They've got to be amended. We, in fact, we discussed that. I must have had that said, and I think fairly said, hundreds of times over the last uh, two years or so that I've been president of PNR. And one of the questions asked when uh, Deputy Superior and I stood for election as president of PNR is, should we go to this other accounting procedure? We both said yes. We're moving to that, and we've been told by uh, our uh, Treasury team that we're already there except for three three different bits, and that we'll be fully there by the budget, the accounts of 2025, which is another two, two and a half, three years. But that said, so we should be doing that. We're moving towards it. We've got the intent of doing it. But I think that's a distraction from where we are, because I and other states members know how much money there is in the bank. Yeah, by that, I mean our reserves. We know how much money we're getting in. Uh, you know, that's reported regularly. Uh, and we know what our capital projects are and we know what our bills are. We know how much we spend on health every year or education every year. And that's the acid test. That's the test of can you afford to do this? What revenue do you need? Uh, so putting off for another two straight three years till we've got the accounts in the form that uh, everybody accepts that they should be in, in is, uh, that's not going to make any difference to the basic premise, that, as I say. You as an individual know what your bills you've got. You know as an individual know what money you've got in the bank. I'm the same. So is the States. Uh, one of the critics of, of those accounts uh, recently has been uh, Dr Andy Sloan, former States economist yeah. uh, and a columnist uh, with ourselves. Um, in today's edition of the Guernsey Press, we're speaking on Tuesday, um, you've uh, written that um, th we, we need a sustainable uh, tax system uh, yeah. for the future. He has specifically uh, suggested that a, the introduction of a GST is um, unsustainable economically because, because of the drag effect it's going to have on people's spending habits and it will limit growth in future. What, what do you suggest to that analysis? You, you, you saw his presence of his contribution to Deputy Parkinson's presentation. I did, indeed, last night I was there. Uh, what he also said, and I thought you might have asked me, but you might have asked me the next question is, well, we're looking at, you know, if, you know to look at these figures, we're going to need in a relatively short term 
GSC at 15%. You know, he gave it time. Period. That was my next question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a, I don't agree with him. Uh, B, nobody can guarantee. I can't sit here, I'm not sitting here and guaranteeing that if GSC was brought in, it would always be 5%. I can't do that. I haven't got the power to do it. You know, I can't bind the, the subsequent states. Deputy Brown's bringing an amendment which PNR are going to support, which effectively says you've got to go through some hoops before you could increase it. Uh, you know, it wouldn't just be a matter like it is a budget where we decide to put up the tax on petrol by 5p or uh, income uh, tax on beer by 3p a pint or something. It wouldn't be as simple as that. But in relation to, he, he also said, uh, last night I heard him say it, that it will also be a drag if you, if you increase corporate tax in some way. That's also a drag because you're taking more out of the economy. But with the OEC jurisdictions, whether it's 37 or 38, I think it was 37, Parkinson said 38, we're not going to get into an argument over that. The only jurisdiction, the only jurisdiction in that uh, mix that doesn't have a consumption tax is Guernsey. Now, I'm not saying, therefore, that because all the others have got it, we should have it. You don't impose any tax unless you think you need it. But those jurisdictions, particularly Jersey, which has had uh, GST for 13 or 14 years, uh, it's not been a drag on their economy. It is initially because we budgeted into our proposals. We put it in our proposals. There is an initial uh, boost with inflation. We've been told it's 3.4%. So we factor that in with the extra benefits and extra pensions. And we've also said that if that turned out to be, I don't think it would, turn out to be 5%, we'd adjust the benefits and pensions for the next year to compensate people. Um, can I ask you if you're feeling, after, after you've had sight finally of these, uh, these uh, comprehensive amendments, um, whether you're feeling more or less optimistic about your committee's op uh, opportunity to, to uh, bring about what you hope to see? Yeah. I think the only way I can answer the question, honestly, is that no, I'm not more optimistic because I think uh, that people will, uh, a number of states members will think, this is a way of, hackneyed phrase, but you know what I mean by it, kicking the can down the road. It, it's a way of putting off a difficult decision. Because Deputy St. Pierre has said uh, that uh, we do need GST, but in the future, we don't need it now. Deputy Salisbury, when she was Vice President of Policy and Resources, which she was until recently, said in a speech what's now called phase one of the tax review, the 1st of October, it's in Hansard, 1st of October 2021, that she, like us all, doesn't like GST, but GST was the way forward if you mitigate it, etc., in the way that we're proposing it. I don't know why she's changed her view. She hasn't really explained that. She said she was always against GST. Well, there's her comments in Hansard of what? 15 months ago, which says something different. Uh, I think her argument was that uh, we, uh, we, as the states, the government, um, have to demonstrate to the people of Guernsey that everything has been done, every stone has been turned to make uh, efficiencies and savings before we go upping taxes or introducing new ones. Yeah, well, that wasn't the view then, because the view that was expressed, I think, by Deputy St. Pierre was that there are three parts to this. There's growth, there are efficiencies, cost-cutting, uh, and there's tax revenue, and that you can't be putting off any one of those to wait for the other two to catch up, if you like, if you understand what I mean. But also, Deputy, uh, Deputy uh, Salisbury has led, and I think ably led, the government work plan for the last two years since we've had it, since she's been in the state. She was the leader of that up in the time she left policy and resources a few months ago. So she was the one that led the states, I don't mean it was only her decision, because clearly it was the state's decision, as to the items in the government work plan. 
I've not heard her say anything against any of those that uh, were going to incur significant expense. And one of the things that Deputy Parkinson said in a different context to his territorial uh, tax amendment, uh, he said it in the debate in uh, January 2020, was that we were not spending enough on our infrastructure. And uh, Deputy Ruffey brought an amendment because Deputy, we'd had GDP redefined, if you recall, in 2017. February went up because they, they recalculated it. So Deputy St. Pierre in January 2020 brought a proposal to the states that instead of us spending 3% of GDP on infrastructure, reduce that to a minimum, his phrase, a minimum of 1.5% average over four years. An amendment was brought by Deputy Roffey, which said it should be a minimum of 2% averaged over eight years. That was supported by uh, Deputy Salisbury. I opposed it, and uh, the vote was passed to amend it by 19 votes to 17. So it was a close vote. I opposed it, and Deputy Pierre, in his closing speech, said that uh, Deputy Scuttlefasher and I hit the nail on the head when we said uh, that we were looking at a minimum of 1.5% of our GDP spent on uh, infrastructure and that the only time we anyway got anywhere near the 3% and also if you look at the figures the only time we got anywhere near the 1.5% was in 2012 where there were a couple of big projects which took us to that kind of figure one was Bocamp School and there was another one uh, I think might have been the wasting anyway there were a couple of projects in 2012 which took us to that and uh, Deputy Parkinson said uh, and this was in the, the January 2020 debate so we were three and a half years into the old states if you understand what I mean by that uh, that really we've done very little in the way of uh, investing our infrastructure for a number of years, going back over a period of uh, assemblies. And the example, the only example he gave, because it was the only example that existed, was the 32 million or whatever it was on the waste uh, strategy. So if an amendment were to be brought in this meeting, that this should be brought down to 1.5% again? They are bringing it down. Yeah, that's, yes. part of the, that's part of the Salisbury. It is indeed, yeah. But I just mean, if, if you were to succeed with your proposals, but with an amendment that came in at the 1.5%, you'd, you'd back that? Well, it says a minimum of 1.5%. Minimum of what? So minimum, you're not going to spend less than 1.5%. But the current says a minimum of 2 doesn't it? So it, it, it says a minimum of 2 You're, you're, you're changing potentially the structural deficit um, issue problem by 19 million that they've well, said only if you spend it if you, if, if you know, and let's say you might decide that you're going to spend three percent of your gdp in a particular year because i don't know we've got some project sure, I, re I realize there's doubts about that but the projections of this hundred million by 2040 presume that we are going to spend that so yeah, yeah. if you would make that adjustment then the projection is less terrifying well it's a, it's a, it, it, it's formulaic uh, it's 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 a, it's a the way I'm trying to put it is without being too pejorative. I'm trying to pick my word in my head so it doesn't sound too aggressive uh, in response to that. It's tokenism. I think that's the way I'd come up, tokenism. Because that was the point that Deputy St. Pierre made when he was speaking in January 2020, that it was tokenism. Why, why say 2% when you're saying a minimum of 1.5%? It didn't make any difference. That was his argument then, and I'm not quite sure why the position has changed since. Well, £19 million, pounds, that's a big token. Well, it's a token. It isn't. It isn't. It's a minimum of. It's a minimum of. If he was to say, if he were, he stroke deputy Salisbury, I should mm. say, you know, the two of them to say, it's one and a half percent. You know, we fix it at one and a half percent. If you want more than one and a half percent in a particular year, because you're doing a, you know, some project that might need you to go above that, you bring a proposal to the states to say, can it be two percent, two and a half percent for the next three years or whatever it may be. It it is it, it is not a proposal that uh, has any value. But in relation to that, so. 
if it meant anything, of course I would support it. Of course I would support it. But uh, it doesn't mean anything. It's just the, the word I've now so you know, in my head that I'm going to utter again is tokenism. If it meant anything, if it meant we were really, you know, if they really meant what they were saying, they would say it should be one and a half percent, no more than one and a half percent, unless you've got a specific project, then you've got to come to the States in that particular year and say, I don't know, we're going to rebuild X or Y and we need 200 million for that or whatever the figure might be. And that needs to be paid over the next three or four years. That would be a, a, a better and a more honest way of dealing with it. Deputy Fairbrush, you're very busy this week, so thanks for making time to speak to the Guernsey Press. Thank you for this session, I've appreciated it. Guernsey's Chief Minister Peter Fairbrush speaking to me there. And right here on this podcast feed, we'll be bringing you more interviews over the next few days with Employment and Social Security President Peter Roffey, former Deputy Chief Minister Heidi Soulsby and Deputy Carl Meerveld, among others. And don't forget, next week, when the debate actually begins, myself and my fellow reporter Matt Fallais will be bringing you reviews of each day's proceedings in the States. 